All right. Welcome back to the Believe You Are a Good Mom podcast with Emily Wardrop. That's me. And I have Wendy Schofer with us today. Super exciting. So Wendy was just telling me a little bit about her story. And then I was like, wait, wait, let's hit record first because this is so fun. <laughs> I want everyone to hear this part too. So Wendy, introduce yourself and then you can just jump right into what we were talking about if you're ready. Yeah. Hi, I'm Wendy. <laughs> it's very nice to meet you. <laughs> Um, so for the, the usual typical introductions, I am Wendy Schofer. Um, I am a pediatrician and I am the founder of family and focus. That's the most condensed version. (laughs) And then, um, okay. So we were talking about how you're a pediatrician and I love how you said, and I've got you know, like most physicians, my burnout story. So it's just sort of a given that all the physicians are burning out. What? Yeah. Yeah. And in case you haven't heard about it, um, there's this thing called burnout. Um, yeah, but so actually where I was, I was telling a story is that, you know, I'm, you know, trained as a pediatrician and I, you know, had experienced burnout, but at the time I didn't know what it was called. I just thought that I wasn't, um, good enough, wasn't hardworking enough, um, wasn't dedicated enough to be able to put in the hours that I thought needed to, you know, be put into my medical practice. And then I sure thought that I was completely failing as a mom because I had zero energy left over when I would come home. And so I found myself, um, it, it originally started, I was active duty in the Navy. And so you know, there was no negotiation on how much I could work or hours or anything. And when I got off of active duty, um, I kind of ran away. (laughs) I was like, I want to do things completely differently. Um, but it's funny that those same things kept following me. I kept on thinking, even as I practiced part-time or I did locums or, you know, I was even a a volunteer leader in a community nonprofit. And I kept on thinking, I'm not good enough. You know, I'm not dedicated enough. I, I can't do this, you know, the way that people are expecting me to do it the way that I was expecting to do it. And uh, it wasn't until later on when I was having a huge skeptic look at burnout, when everybody was talking about it, Mm. that I realized that there was a word to describe what I had been experiencing and it wasn't that I was failing it, it you know, it was, um, I have a very non PG, but I will keep a PG um, oh, the way that I discovered it. <laughs> no, I was actually cleaning out my closet because I mean, what do we do during COVID? We like clean out right? closets. <laughs> yeah. Um, so- <laughs> I was cleaning out my closet and I found this t-shirt that my husband had made, um, back in those original years. And, um, the front of the t-shirt had the hospital logo on it. And the back of back of it said some words that are not pediatric friendly that I would say every single day when I came from home from work. Mm-hmm. And I would have never described myself as being a cusser or anything like that beforehand, but I was basically telling everybody off uh-huh. as soon as I would get home every single day. He put it on a t-shirt. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so when I found that t-shirt, all of a sudden I was like, holy smokes, that's what I was experiencing. Cause I mean, we all knew I was tired as anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt ineffective, but that depersonalization, I didn't understand what that meant. 
And then when I got, got out that t-shirt, I'm like, oh, I was basically like trying to separate myself from everybody. I was trying to like tell them off mm-hmm. in order to be able to kind of like maintain some kind of like control for myself. Um, but I was, it, it was burnout. It was completely burnout. Okay. And well, I would love to talk more about how to not burn out. So sorry, I cut you off, but yeah, finish, yeah. continue your story and then we'll dig. Deep. Oh, no, no, no. But it, that, that just was that moment for me that, um, I realized it, it, wasn't something that was wrong with me. It was something that I had experienced. And then, you know, starting to learn about um, the different tools and just, you know, cognitive distortions and of course, limiting beliefs. Oh, got plenty of those, Mm. you know, plenty of those, but really starting to look at the tools that um, I could use to be able to reframe what I had thought of as all the ways that I was failing and started digging my way, you know, back out. And so, you know, we always talk about how we are our first client. Yep. True, true, true. Totally true. Um, so my coaching journey just started with me finding something like, oh, I'm not the problem, but I can be a part of, you know, really making the difference for where I want to go into the future. And I started applying those tools you know, to myself, in my family, in my practice. And it just kind of grew from there. Awesome. Oh, so fun. Okay. So I love this so much. You're not failing. You're just burned out. So whether you're a physician or not, (laughs) you are a mom. And so you're probably experiencing burnout, whether you're quote unquote, just a mom, or you're trying to do a side gig at the same time, or you're the PTA president at the same time, or you're, you know, trying to realize that you are a person. That's what I say. I am a person. So just doing anything for yourself feels like, how do I even have time to do anything for myself? when I'm completely burned out just being a mom. Right. And so understanding that you're not failing, you are a good mom. And there's a lot of things on your plate. There's a lot of thoughts. There's a lot of feelings and that the burnout comes from thinking that you're not enough. I just want to scream this from the rooftops. Like the burnout is not how many things are on your to-do list or, you know, how many diagnoses your kids have or anything. It's all about your thought. And if you're thinking that you're not enough, you're never going to be enough and you're just going to continue to burn out. So we have to believe that we are enough. We are good in order to, to see that in our result line instead of what we currently have in our result line of burnout, right? So I love your story and how it applies to every mom, probably. Right. I feel that in my core, just, you know, having you reflect that back, like, yeah, you are enough. And, you know, I always think of of burnout as the stress that we just kind of carry with us that we can't outrun, Mm -hmm. you know, all the things on the to-do list, but also that whole, that whole story that we're carrying that we're not enough. There was no outrunning that I could do to get away from that stress. I carried it everywhere with me. And so, yeah, I mean, just choosing to consider that that was not actually the truth. Mm -hmm. Oh, I I took that as truth to the core that I was not enough. I found lots of evidence for it. Yeah. But, oh, so, so solid. (laughs) Now to be able to say, yeah, no, that's baloney, complete baloney. 
Yeah. Well, and really maybe the truth is we're not enough. Like what does enough even mean? Probably Mm. our definition of enough will never be enough. Right. So we actually need to change our definition in order to believe that we are enough. Mm. We need to change our definition of what a good mom is in order to believe that we are a good mom. And most of us have a ridiculously long expectation list. We need to drop the war on that list and start with something a little more obtainable in order to start believing it. And that's what I do in my coaching program. But um, so tell us more about, you said a couple of big words that were like, come on, we're not all doctors here. What are you oh, talking no, about? Oh no, sorry. Call me out. <laughs> totally call me out, please. I'm just kidding. A little bit. Okay. So tell me about depersonalization. Cause that sounds fun. <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) I took notes on the words. I'm like, "Mm, what? Oh goodness. Well, you know, it's funny from medicine. I always thought that depersonalization meant that I was talking about my patients by diagnoses, Mm. which is not a person. They're a diagnosis. That's yeah. Which, you know, I, I will use in this context, the diabetic. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Which I learned a long time ago, that's not the way you do it. You see the person. And so that's actually where I didn't understand about depersonalization. I actually thought, I'm not doing that. I don't experience that. I'm not talking about my patients that way. But what I also saw in that depersonalization was pushing things away, trying to remove myself from the situation, trying to remove other people, that it was more of kind of like blaming Mm. the system, Mm. pointing fingers, putting, you know, kind of like removing from, um, uh, from the experience that I was actually having and trying to apply blame elsewhere. Gotcha. So one of my favorite brain hacks is to just say, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm thinking that, of course, my brain would want to do that. And that's what we learn in therapy, right? Is the reasons why in our past that we are where we are. And if you don't want to dig into all of that, you can just summarize it with, of course, my brain is doing what it's doing, right? There's a good reason for it. And it's usually protective. And so, I mean, clearly I'm no doctor, but like, I'm not your shrink. So I'm not here to say, that whatever you were experiencing, of course, your brain is trying to protect you from it. And that's why you were doing that. But I think that um, we do that, right? Especially like with our diabetic kids, we don't want to call them the diabetic, like they have a name, right? <laughs> and we use their name and they're not a diagnosis. They are a person, right? But sometimes like, especially if the diagnosis maybe was a traumatizing experience, it, we probably experience some of that that you're describing, like that our our nervous system is trying to protect us from that trauma that we've experienced. And so there's some of that depersonalization going on. And so to recognize it and to retrain our brain that it's not a tiger, it's a toddler, right? I like to say that whether they're diabetic or not, it's like (laughs) our brains think that our toddlers are tigers, right? And so um, anyway, of course, of course it's doing that. And now that I have awareness of that, then I can you know, start reprogramming. Yeah. Oh, so many layers of truth in that. I mean, the, that amount of trauma that we're just experiencing. And I I think part of that is also the other side of the depersonalization is just how we're, you know, we're 
looking at it like we're supposed to be machines, you know, especially in medicine, I'm thinking about, you know, got to see more and faster and more efficient. Um, humans are not efficient. <laughs> humans are not, you know, clean and tidy. We are messy. We are inefficient. And that's what's beautiful about it. Totally what's beautiful. And I, I think that it's something that the more that I challenge that thought that I need to be a machine, mm-hmm. more effective, more efficient, um, all that capitalist stuff about how, you know, I, I need to kind of grease the skids and, and be a better machine. Mm-hmm. No, I'm a human. Yeah. Yeah. And our patients are human. Our clients are human. Our kids are human or yeah. So much grace for the human condition is the solution to half of our problems, right? Um, okay, can we move on to another big word you said? Oh, goodness. How okay. about cognitive distortions? That's oh. <laughs> so funny. I have been trying to remove all the acronyms from mm. all of my Navy days, like no oh, more yeah. acronyms. Like, oh, I'm doing a good job on that. And now I'm like, what am I doing? I'm throwing big words. Instead of the acronym, I'm just saying all the words that the acronym stood for. We have all our of our diabetes acronyms too, you know? I'm like, where's the PDM? Bring me your PDM, your CGM, your A1C, your all the things, right? So anyway, oh, every tribe has their acronyms. Everybody does. You know, isn't that the way we we figure out, you know, that that language that mm-hmm. our our tribe is sharing? Yeah, absolutely. Ah, cognitive distortions. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm trying to think of how I would want to describe it. I, I would say, you know, there's, it depends on the lens that you're taking, um, the way that you're looking at things and the way that we perceive them may be very different depending on the situation that we're in, depending on, you know, what kind of history we have depending on um, what kind of support we have. And so what you can look at and say, ah, this is the truth for me right now, could actually be very different based on what other people are looking at the same situation from different perspectives. Yeah, exactly. And so kind of the way that I'm explaining is just saying there's different perspectives available but mm-hmm. how often we think this is the truth and the only truth. Yes. And that's the distortion that we're like fixed on it. Like this, this is it, but there's other ways to be able to view it. Other perspectives, other ways forward. There's, you know, a whole bunch of different ways that we could look at that. But I think it's something just acknowledging that even when we think that something is so honest to goodness, this is the truth, the way that I, you know, that I see it, it may not actually be helping us. Yeah. 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 Okay. So cognitive distortions is the big way of saying the lens that you're looking through, right? (laughs) Like we have all of our cute little, you know, metaphors that help us understand these things. Right. So even I'm long before take you coaching, with me, you shorten <laughs> all of what I say. Thank I'll you. Put everything okay. in layman's terms. No, I feel like I just speak coach speak and I need to figure out, I call it muggles, you know, all the other people in the world who aren't coaches <laughs> are, um, anyway, uh, 
what are we talking about? Yeah. The lens. Oh yeah. So even long before I found coaching, I would always say things like, well, it depends on how you look at it. Mm -hmm. And so it was always sort of like a thing that I understood that this lens thing. Right. And so when, and even, um, Dr. Paul Jenkins always talks about how your brain's job is to prove itself. Right. You know, that's the whole point. And so as soon as you have a thought, then you look for the evidence to support your thoughts so that you are right, which means you're safe. And of course, your brain's always trying to keep you safe, right? So that's why I want everyone to believe that they are a good mom, because then they'll start finding evidence for that instead of what we do on default is believe we're a terrible mom and find evidence for that. So anyway, I love it. But the different perspectives thing is so good. I love to hear different perspectives and then always like consciously kind of have my own filter of like, okay, well, that's their truth. And what do I want to believe, you know? So, cause that's, I think another way that we kind of dumb down cognitive distortions is my truth, right? Or your truth. That's what people kind of call it nowadays. And it's just kind of the lens that you're seeing the world under. So I find my own limiting beliefs, my lies that my brain's telling me, you know, that like, just hypothetically like my husband's trying to control me (laughs) you know and like when I think that then every single thing he does builds my story but if I change it to my husband loves me (laughs) then I can like flip you know and so one of my favorite things to do with clients is to not only come up with a new story that looking forward they're going to look for evidence but we go back in their past right now we can sit here right now and change a story with a different lens because the exact same circumstance you can think whatever you want to about it and put on a different lens anytime you can literally change your past it's so fun so um sorry anything else you want to say about that No, I just, I really appreciate that, you know, with being able to like change the past, because that was one of those things. Like I carried along that burnout story for so long, thinking that there was something wrong with me. And then it's like being able to change that story. Hold on a minute. Like I can choose to see this any which way I want to. How is it that I want to tell that story? Not even so much to other people, but for myself. Yeah, exactly. And that was the most powerful part because then I could see what I was learning through that experience, how I was, you know, not failing, how I was actually showing, first of all, I'm human, mm-hmm. human mm-hmm. <laughs> and getting stronger. And it's like so many different ways to be able to look at it that I didn't choose to see yeah. for the first, however many years that I was telling that story. Yeah. And you just nailed it. Choose to see, right? As soon as we get the awareness that it's a choice, we get awareness of what we're thinking and that we can choose something different. That is, that is like the mind blowing message, right? (laughs) Of coaching. It's like, wait, what? (laughs) My thoughts are optional and I can choose whatever I want to think and make it my reality. So fun. Okay. So, um, let's see two more things. So first of all, I just want to put in a plug for my relationship boost calls because this is what I do on those calls. It's like a quick 15 to 20 minute call and we're going to put on a different lens, basically. Like that kind of sums up (laughs) the process, you know? And so if there's any relationship that anyone wants to feel better about, right, then um, we can do that. It's super fun. And then the other thing is way back at burnout. So let's circle back to how to not burn out. I just heard this morning, oh, the Oh, the best little quote. Hold on. Let me think. 
So Brooke Snow was talking about energy is your thoughts and feelings. Like that's what energy is. You know how like, and she used the example of doing the dishes. If there's like a kitchen full of dishes after 7 p.m., it's like the hardest task on the planet, right? <laughs> but, and that, because that's how I feel about it too. It's like, oh, after a certain point, like when I'm tired, my brain's tired, everybody's tired, the kids are all tired. It's like, no thanks. But in the morning when I'm all rejuvenated and I've just had my alone time and I'm all peppy and happy, that's when I can load the dishwasher. Like it's no big deal. It's super fun, right? But at the end of the day, when my thoughts are like, oh, not one more dirty dish and these stinking kids have to eat all the time. What is the, you know, it's my thoughts and feelings that change. It's not the dishes, right? And so our energy level really comes from the combination of our thought and feeling. And I was like, what? Because I always feel like energy level is just whether it's granted to me or not, you know, like I just pray for the energy to make it through this day. Right. Anyway. And we have I'm a lot trying to find my magic. Oh, here you go. Here you go. It you is have a magic wand. Magic wand. I of love course it. I have a magic wand. Everybody needs a little magic wand. Oh, every once in a while. Sure. <laughs> oh, my mom used to be like, do you want me to just wave a magic wand? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. My kids really got into the whole, um, what do you call it? The, the create a whatever studio. And I have so much ceramic stuff and pottery oh, around my, my house. I said, if I'm going to do one more thing, I need a, Make a <laughs> wand. magic wand. <laughs> well, you got to watch this on Spotify or YouTube, by the way, I'm recording the video too. So, so all right, bring it on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Wendy, will you tell people how they can work with you? I just gave my little plugs of how to work with me. Yeah. By the way, I think that was a spot on segue that you had to be able to talk about, <laughs> right? <laughs> about what you're doing. That is fabulous. Um, so yeah, um, working with me. So I work with parents that are worried about their family's weight, um, whether it's, you know, their own, um, like as parents, our own history um, with how we eat, how we move diets. And then also as we're seeing our kids grow, it's uh, something that I've noticed that no matter what the kids weigh, we as parents have worries Yes, about our kids' weight, yeah. you know, kind of like side-eyeing how they're growing, what they're eating too much. What is it? The right Not stuff. Enough. All of thing. it. I'm like, All are you going to eat something? You guys need a pizza. <laughs> like I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm but, you know, it's really something that, you know, so much of the traditional approach has been to focus on the child, to focus on what they're eating, how they're moving. And I've really found that these same tools, again, you know, the same tools that were helping me with, you know, addressing and, you know, healing from burnout, it's all about relationships. It's all coming back to that relationship. And so I started applying that to relationship with food, relationship with body, relationship with family. And that's where all of this came from, because ultimately, I think that the healthiest part of a family is a parent that knows, you know, that they can approach whatever their kids bring, diagnoses, growth, emotions, school, whatever it is. And we can just be there, be there with our kids as they go through all of that, find that, that calm, that confidence. And so that's what I work with parents on, you know, really being 
that parent that our kids need, no matter where they're growing, no matter what's going on with school and diagnoses and all of it, all of it. That's um, awesome. It it's powerful crazy. because I got to tell you, these are the things I didn't learn any of this stuff in medical school. That's yeah. for sure. And, well, I and even when you go to the doctor, like you said, mm -hmm. the doctor is worried about being a machine. So they're just in and out. And I mean, even if you have a great doctor who you feel like is present with you, you've got kids screaming and crying all over the place because they know shots are coming. And like the doctor's office <laughs> appointment, your well child checks is not a very conducive situation for talking about these sorts of things. And so to have a coach in your back pocket, that's going to help you with that instead. That is awesome. I love this. Yeah. Well, and I got to tell you, I, I learned over, you know, the many years of just feeling again, ineffective, because it was kind of like, this is the traditional medical approach. Here's mm -hmm. your plan, your prescription. And mm -hmm. of course, you know, if anybody's telling me what's my plan or my prescription, I'm like, no, yep. there's a reason why I'm not doing that right now. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right? Oh, no. uh -huh. and so I think really understanding that and having that different kind of conversation, I, I talk with folks about how coaching is just learning a different language so that we can speak in a different way to really understand what is more, most important to you as a parent, what it is that you want to create, how you want to live, um, health, like define the health that you want to have for your family without the assumptions. Cause there's a lot of medical assumptions about what that should look like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Coach and pediatrician, Wendy chauffeur. This has been amazing. So fun. Um, uh, let me just check my notes because usually I get off the call and then I'm like, oh, there was all those other things I wanted to say. <laughs> okay, so um, I guess I'll just say if you have a kid with type 1 diabetes, make sure you're coming to our support group calls on Tuesday at 9.30 a.m. Mountain Time. It's totally free. It's just a free little support group that I run and um, it is whatever you need it to be. So <laughs> If you show up and you don't want to be on camera and you don't want to participate at all, then that's great. If you want coaching, that's great. If you just want to learn from other people, whatever, whoever shows up needs is what we do. So, um, yeah, that is awesome. so powerful and valuable. And I did not even realize that you did that. So it's new. Thank so, you. That is beautiful. Oh. Yeah. So spread the word because it is new and, <laughs> and the more the merrier, right. In a support group. And if no one shows up, then I just talk to the green dot on my camera and I post the replay. So if you want to learn the first few calls, there's no one there. You can just, you know, watch the replays. That'll probably turn into a class someday because I had lots of time to just blah, 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 blah. Been but there, I done would love that. It to be interactive too. <laughs> so as people start coming, we'll have more of the actual like support group thing. So anyway, awesome. Well, thank you again, Wendy. Any last words of wisdom for us? Oh my goodness. Um, it, 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 honestly, it's something that um, kind of going back to health, I guess the, the words of wisdom, health isn't defined by anybody else. Mm -hmm. You get to define it. You get to create it. You get to live it. And so, you know, I think that's something that I want to keep on saying over and over again, because that's truly, I think the way that we can create that healthy life, no matter what diagnosis, you know, no matter like anybody else's words, you get to create your own health and live that. 
And yeah. I think that that's something that is truly magical to be able to share with our whole family. Yeah. Awesome. And it's got to be true because the doctor said it, right? <laughs> Didn't go to all that school for nothing. Go through all that burnout for nothing. <laughs> I'm not wearing all of that. So I got to tell you, just because the doctor says it, even if it's me, okay, that does not mean that that is the truth. No, I know. Cause that's the whole opposite of out. what you just said. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you're hearing on the outside. You're the expert on you and your own family. That's what I really like to empower my moms to believe also. So thank you so much. All right. All we'll right. Thank you, you Emily. Else next time. <laughs> thank